Hello, everybody. I'm Foul Pancakes, and joining me tonight on the stack, I have the Liverpool Lip, Earl Joseph. Um, he can be seen in such promotions as New Wave Pro um, as their creative director, um, and AWR as the voice of AWR, as well as ring announcing and commentary on, I'm, I'm fairly certain, 400 other different promotions in the Midwest. I, and I, I think that's a very accurate estimate. Um, but he really can do it all. And um, please welcome Earl Joseph. Hey, thank you, Val. I'm really, uh, I'm really happy to be here on the stack. Um, what's more, I'm glad I'm the Liverpool Lip and not a Liverpool Lip, because um, the thought of another one existing doesn't really bear thinking about. Well, they're probably not as important as you are, so you get the the first crack at the title. Yes, um, I took the name, of course, from um, Muhammad Ali's old moniker, the Louisville Lip. Um, and being from Liverpool and never knowing when to shut up, it only seemed like a fitting name. Um, but of course, you're right to say um, that I do work extensively with a number of promotions. Uh, New Wave Pro, I'm the creative director, which is the fancy way of saying um, the booker. Um, but I do a lot more besides, which I'm sure we'll, we'll touch upon. Um, I'm also the voice of AWR and the ring announcer there, um, which is a, a, a role I really, really, really enjoy. I've had some very good times there. Um, and 2021 has been very advantageous and beneficial to me. I've worked with a number of promotions, um, primarily in Indiana. Um, and, you know, I was, I was the lead and mostly solo commentator for Flophouse Wrestling, um, which, which burned very, very brightly at the beginning of the year and, and through into to March and April. Uh, Upstart Pro, I also work for Pro Wrestling Trainwreck, I turn out for. Um, and I've done a lot of deathmatch stuff this year, um, which was a, a little neat little pivot for me personally. Um, but I've become, um, you know, one of there's, there's a select few sort of voices of deathmatch, and you know, there's, there's there's obvious people that I would certainly put above me. But I'm happy with my progress this year. So, being as how you do so many different things for so many different companies, um, how do you prepare differently for each of your roles? I think that's a very good question. Um, so let, let's take, for example, because um, they are also different. So we'll start at the top with New Wave Pro, creative director. What that entails is uh, booking the shows, uh, writing the formats, uh, i.e. the scripts, um, you know, a lot of social media work. I'll, I, the, the vast majority of the social media stuff you see on the New Wave Pro account, be that the edited videos, uh, the posts themselves um, are, are me doing that. Um, there is also a lot of liaising with people, a lot of uh, placating people, um, and a lot of work goes into looking for sponsorships and trying to sell tickets. Just today, I've been driving around uh, Terre Haute, uh, Brazil, uh, Gosport, um, Sealyville, which I hadn't heard of until today when I started putting posters up in there, uh, Brazil, Cloverdale, um, Putting up, uh, putting up flyers and posters and talking to people, trying to get them to come to the show. I've been outside of AEW Dynamite in Indianapolis last Wednesday, uh, giving flyers out. I was outside Monday Night Raw in Indianapolis. So creative director is essentially like, um, you know, being a, a, a mother, a thankless task <laughs> with a lot of work. Um, so with that, the, the, the preparation is being there all the time and being ready to adapt to changes um, that that takes up a lot of my time the new wave stuff 
So it's just about being there constantly. Um, conversely, if I'm doing an AWR show as the, as the ring announcer, because those shows have so much energy, um, I have to match that straight away. I come out the curtain and the crowd are on it straight away. They're fantastic, the AWR crowd. They, they, the, you know, the lights go off. I even have my own entrance music, which I know is a bit of a faux pas for a ring announcer, but I don't care. Like, I've got the opportunity to do it, and so I will. Um, and you've got to, the, the preparation is, I, before the AWR shows, I tend to, tend to be a little quiet, um, mill around, get people's details. Um, but I like to uh, prepare myself by, by conserving my energy because it all has to come out on the show. After those AWR shows, I am sweating like a pig, honestly. Um, with commentary, um, particularly the flop house stuff, my commentary style, um, it's an obvious choice, but I'm very influenced by Joey Styles in particular, who was a motor mouth, but very concise and very uh, erudite and very intelligent as well. And he did never, he never let up. And it was one thing I always admired about him and enjoyed about the ECW broadcast. And if you are to watch the Flophouse shows on IWTV, which you should, obviously, um, except for the one I'm not on. Um, <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, then, but no, I really don't have uh, that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I do have this similar tendency, I feel, because I've, I've modeled myself um, on, on someone like Joey Styles a lot. And with that, and this sounds kind of wishy-washy, but it, it's true. I just kind of, um, I really try and separate myself from, uh, from what I'm doing at the time. And it's all instinctive. Call in the action. And I just try and make these witty references and keep people engaged. And just, I keep going. And after those flop house shows, you know, we've done like three hour shows where it's me, just me commentating by ringside with my own portable uh, recording rig that I have, which is right next to me. And I, I just go, uh, it's like, you've ever seen that film old school, you know, yes. where Will Ferrell does, does the political debate and he goes, what happened? I blacked out because he gets his perfect <laughs> answer. It's like that. That's what I've said before. And it is like that. I come out with those shows. I'm like, wow, what happened there? <laughs> um, the one constant, the one, um, the one same element throughout is is high energy. You have to be high energy in, in pro wrestling. You cannot be you cannot be loush. You cannot be lazy about it. Whether you're in ring, whether you are a commentator, an announcer, um, you know, ring crew, sound, uh, light, anything, man, you've got to be prepared to be high energy, to adapt at all times, and prepare for the worst. <laughs> So I will say that I think I first noticed you doing commentary for Flophouse on a show I was watching on IWTV. And I was like, I actually, I'm fairly certain I tweeted, who is this commentator? Um, because I, actually, I, I do remember that because you said, who's who's the British guy on commentary? Uh, and I do I do remember that. Now you brought it up. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think there were two people doing commentary and I think I knew who the other one was, but I didn't know who you were. And I was like, oh. Fancy. I mean, it's not, I can't, in fact, I can't think of another British commentator on the Indies. So I, I, I mean. Yeah, that's, that's one thing I do have going for me. Um, obviously the gimmick is, is, is natural. It's, um, although I have had people ask me behind closed doors if it, if it was fake, particularly when I first started and people were, were, 
was saying, you know, is it a work? I'm like, do you think I would sound like this for a joke? <laughs> um, but no, it does, it does help me stand out a great deal. It's been one of the great um, beneficial elements of, of my character and my presentation and my form. Um, and as I've said before to people, there's not many of me to the pound in a place like Indiana. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful that I stand out. If I, if I, if I were to do this at home, back back in England, um, no one would give a shit, you know. <laughs> well, I think that your dynamic personality definitely comes through on commentary, and in the way that you um, creatively direct New Wave Pro, and certainly in the way that you bring announce because. I know the last time I saw you be big announcing for an AWR show on IWTV, um, I think you had like 14 wardrobe changes. Yeah, it, it's got to the point where I try and do one per match now. Um, it started, I can't remember specifically when it started, but obviously my one of my calling cards are my, my loud shirts. Um, and I have so many. So many, Val. You won't believe. I'm looking at them now. I've got a lot. Um, and the way I see it, it's like if I have to wear this, and you've got to see it as well. And it just came about because uh, practicality and gimmickry. One, particularly in the Emerson, when we do the AWR shows, it gets hot in there, really hot. It's an old venue. It's it's. It's an old theatre from way back when, uh, early 20th century, perhaps. And it's not very well ventilated as a result. And obviously, with the, the, with the kind of chaotic shows that we have there at the Emerson with AWR, you know, there's lots of lots of lights and sound and people exhaling and being sweaty and, and you know, egregious. And it makes, it makes me react in the same way. So it, at first, it became a functional thing where I would change. Over time, it has developed, and I've leaned into it, obviously, because if, if there's something that gets you over, then latch onto it, then hold onto it for dear life. And it's got to the point where um, at one of the shows um, a couple of months ago, and I'll just remember this, we were in between matches, and I was about to say something, and then I hear a small section of the audience on Hardcan side start chanting, wardrobe change, wardrobe change. And I look at them, and they're all wearing like you know Hawaiian shirts. Um, there was a there was a section of about eight to ten people all dressed up mm-hmm. like me, saying wardrobe change, wardrobe change. And now it it's spread over to other companies. I I recently did the um, Southern Sickness Cup versus um, King of the Deathmatch tournaments in German Park in Indianapolis for Train Record IWA, and some of those same people were there. And there was like this nine ten year old kid giving me shit saying hey earl change your shirt um asking me to change my trousers and stuff so i guess maybe that's the next step for 2022 an entire trouser change each match who knows um i joked before that perhaps i'm the lady gaga of um midwest independent wrestling ring announcing (laughs) so now you have to come out wearing a shirt that's like neat printed or I could do like the Madonna thing and come out like a big conical bra, you know? Um, yeah. I think, I think that would get people talking. <laughs> I mean, people will be talking. I don't, I mean, I guess any any publicity is good publicity? Yeah, I mean, that's one way of putting it. But um, no, the, the, 
you know, it's and it's become a thing even with you and a, a couple of other people on Twitter. I, I've I've seen uh, the fairground show, the 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 uh, ADT two Asylum Death Tournament. Um, I remember seeing you uh, and another chap up in uh, New York who were like, well, that's three shirts, that's four shirts. And it's just, it's a nice touch and it, it keeps people engaged between matches uh, live and at home as well. Um, I'm certainly not trying to steal any thunder. And I certainly couldn't from from shows like that. It's, it's, it's I'm just an addendum. I'm, I'm another part of the show. And um, it's, it's a lot of fun and I, 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 do enjoy rushing to the back and I've got I've, I've got like a little rail with all the shirts on and I'm kind of like what is it today you know um so the the main I'll, I'll be having a lot of new shirts in 2022 there'll be there'll be new additions I've got I've got a new one the other day actually from a from a goodwill store <laughs> so um so yeah expect expect more and new do you ever retire any shirts or do you get shirts from like bands? Do bands bring you shirts? No, actually. And if anyone would like to bring you a shirt, please do. Um, I had what size? Um, God, um, never ask a woman her age. Never ask, no. Um, well, if I'm going to bring you a shirt, like I want to make it sure that it fits you. A large or a medium. If, if my current trajectory goes to plan, I'll be back to a medium in a few months. <laughs> <laughs> well um, those kind of shirts can be like loose and blousey like yeah yeah okay well let's just say a large for now and i'll, sh I'll shrink it in the wash on purpose if, if i if i do sort yeah. of back to my old ways um and um so yeah more more shirts please if people want to bestow a shirt upon me at a show i will i will always say yes you heard it here bring earl your shirts or shirts for him not your shirts necessarily yeah, that would be weird literally yeah don't literally take your shirt off your back for me i'm not that kind of guy um i'm not i'm not looking to rob you of house and home um, but they're very cheap and warm off what's your favorite like what's your go-to like this is like i wear this every time like i feel like a bad like i feel like a bad bitch in this shirt like what's your like top shirt <laughs> it's the one you've put i was trying to see if it's on the rack it's the one that's on the um promo pick on the flyer that you put out for this podcast the black one with like the uh you know the whole vice city uh miami vice uh vapor wavy kind of thing that was a five dollar pickup in walmart um and I know a couple of other people on the scene, wrestlers who actually have it as well. Um, and I've walked onto a show and they've had it on. I was like, take that off right now. <laughs> I don't, I don't go around doing spin and heel kicks, do I? So take that fucking shirt off. <laughs> or I will bury you on the mic so badly. <laughs> you will never recover. You will you never work in this in town again. Shirt. You're going to be buried in that shirt. <laughs> yeah um but no it's it's just it, uh that is my favorite one I, I love wearing that and i i do feel that is the definitive liverpool lip shirt at the moment so i put that on and i do feel like uh like something's locked into place a bit it it, it does i know it maybe it sounds silly but any any worker would tell you the same thing they have a particular item of clothing that makes them go i'm that person let's go um and that shirt is that i put i save that for like mains and stuff and, and special matches that that specific shirt 
Do you wear the different shirts and do wardrobe changes when you're doing commentary too, or just during an outfit? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Um, I'm not that far gone yet. Um, ask me in a year. Ask me in a year's time. Bet. <laughs> <laughs> So you said that 2021 kind of became like, I don't want to say like a breakout year for you, but like kind of you ended up a lot more places and that you started doing deathmatch stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I only recent, like I've only gotten into death matches since the pandemic started. I like to joke around that the pandemic made me hard. So now I like death matches, but, um, what is it like, is there a different way that you prepare when you do those shows? versus like regular wrestling shows? Absolutely. Um, the the amount of deathmatch shows I've done where I'll come up and go, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to company names, show name, blah, blah, blah. And as soon as I finish that brief intro, the crowd are chanting, we want blood, we want blood, we want blood. Um, and so you have to cater to them. And so going back to what i said earlier about about a specific requirement for for energy you've got to match that so if, if people write out the traps saying to you we want blood you could just go turn around and go yes sir that's what you're gonna get we're gonna give you blood we're gonna give you the most brutal death match after blah, blah, blah. um and you've got to play to them they're the audience they're the most important part of the show they're, they're the ones who paid the money they're the ones who were paying uh ultimately uh, you know, the workers in the end, they're their hard-earned money. So you've got to play to them or else. And it does give me a thrill. I've I've done a ton of shows where they, where they do start with that without any prompting. And I'll, I'll turn around and say, yes, I love it. And I do. Um, it's great because I, I feel, feel a surge. And I'm like, okay, this crowd wants to play. I want to play. The guys in the back want to play. So it's going to be good. Um, so... You always go into deathmatch. Uh, I, or at least, sorry, I personally go into these deathmatch shows prepared to expend even more energy than I do on a quote-unquote regular wrestling show, um, because it has to be like that. Otherwise, it won't work. Do you have any pre-show rituals or or post-show rituals? Um, a couple of beers set me right. You got to take the edge off while putting the edge on at the same time, um, and um, yeah, that that sets me right. I, I mean, I just I a lot of the time I just idle around, um, talking to people, and because a lot of these shows have have people that are that are friends of mine, like legitimate, you know, close friends, not just oh hey brother brother kind of thing, but people I I call regularly and and chat with and. There's so much to talk about with wrestling being as it is. There's always something something worth discussing and gossiping about and trading info on and, and um, whatever. Um, but in terms of like any kind of like, you know, I've got to got to put my left shoe on first kind of thing. I, it's not really my scene. No. <laughs> so um, I know that we wanted to talk about the big show that you have coming up on the 27th with New Wave Pro. Um, November rain what I know that you've announced some matches I'm sure you're probably holding some stuff back at this point um, what is that looking like at this time that you can tell well, me we're not, yeah we're not actually holding anything back in this case it's all it's all out in the open this um, 
Um, I don't think it's dramatic to say it's New Wave Pro's biggest ever show. Uh, the company has been around for 10 years now, um, and it's only in the last 18 months or so that they have really, really come into prominence. Uh, the show is called November Rain. It's taking place on Saturday, November 27th, Thanksgiving weekend, obviously, at the Terre Haute National Guard Armory in Indiana. That's practically on the Illinois border, uh, Western Indiana. Um, we're really encouraging people to come down. We really want people to even travel. Um, Terre Haute is, you know, 90 minutes from um, Indianapolis. It's, it's two and a half from Louisville. It's about three from Chicago. You've got Paris, Illinois, Charleston, Illinois, not very far. Uh, hell, it's probably not even that far from Omaha, Nebraska, is it, Val? <laughs> um, if it's three hours from Chicago, I'm going to say it's probably 11-ish from yeah, me. You can, you can do that Maybe in less that. than half a day. Yeah, you can do that in less than half a day. You're fine. Um, the, and the show is... Um, it's not just it's not just matches on a card. New Wave Pro since certainly since July 2020, with the advent of the Higher Ground series, um, our episodic um, wrestling show has pushed and pushed and pushed storylines and continuity and narrative. And I think that's what marks out New Wave Pro from a lot of its contemporaries, not just in the Midwest but nationwide. Our team, um, there's three of us that form like a main sort of pyramid or triangle which is kind of the same thing uh where we we work really hard and i say we write the formats these things are detailed these aren't just you know the match one match two match three match four that are open with pre-tapes and segments and ideas and and callbacks and continuity um obviously i'm just going to use this time to run through some of what we've got going on um we have alex zane coming to new wave pro uh, obviously, he's one of the, 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 the men of the moment on the Indies, um, a huge name for New Wave Pro, uh, in line with how New Wave Pro have operated in 2021. Since May alone, we've brought in uh, Mike Bennett to face Cole Radrick. We've had JTG to face Eric Dillinger. Um, we have Jordan Oliver in May as well. So we've, we've cultivated a lot of local talent, given them time to shine, and peppered it in with like some genuine names like real real draws um so alex Zane is taking on aaron williams um yes yeah great honestly it's, it's i was like be... oh okay say less like yeah. maybe i will no, make that um, drive aaron has uh, only debuted for new wave in may um but as i've said before and i mean it when i say it the guy has already i feel become a real part of what we do at new wave he is a consummate professional uh, he is excellent in the ring. He is very intelligent and perceptive in and out of the ring. And he is somebody who you want in your locker room. His experience speaks for itself, and he still has so much to give. I, I don't mean experience to say he's he's a veteran or you know he's he's reaching a certain level. He still has a long way to go. Um, and for him to have a match of this caliber relatively early in his new wave career speaks volumes about his abilities. Um, and that is uh, a huge selling point for, for the show. Zane coming in. Zane's also holding a, a learning seminar prior to the event as well uh, for $30, if anyone's interested. Um, we have uh, Don't Die Miles, who I'm sure you're very familiar with, um, taking on Solomon Tupu for the New Wave Pro Championship. Uh, Solomon has been champion for over a year now um, and has beaten a lot of people. And... Uh, part of the continuing narrative 
was that uh, Solomon was the company's first ever double champion. He vacated the secondary title called the Crossroads Belt, and Miles won the resulting tournaments. Um, Solomon in that show laid down a promise, and he said, "Whoever wins this belt, don't forget it's actually mine, and there'll be a target on your back." And nearly 12 months later, Solomon has come to collect and said, Miles, I haven't forgotten about you. You can step up for this belt anytime you like, and I'll, I'll beat you down for it. So Miles, being the person that he is, has stepped up and uh, was set for like a huge match. Solomon has beaten Aaron Williams. He's beaten Lord Crew. He's beaten Cole Radrick. Um, but Miles is a different challenge altogether. And what Miles has that uh, a lot of people wish they could have is the unbridled unqualified support of the new wave pro crowd the new wave crowd loves miles um i had a real example of this in september when we did a show called off the grid and we did like an intro video because we have like video screens and the whole gimmick and miles just popped up on a on a video it was old footage and the crowd popped so big for that <laughs> and i remember standing there going oh my god you can't buy this kind of this kind of charisma, it's just there, it's right there. And um, that will be his his main push. Miles loves the fans and they love him. And it may it may put him over the edge, but Solomon is, Solomon's great, Solomon's so powerful. He's also very quick uh, while being a, a, a big guy. And uh, not only has he done really well for New Wave, he's in, in a way carried the company through you know, through the pandemic and then post-pandemic, those those up and down times that everyone's had, he's carried the company on his back for a long time, and he's certainly not going to give up the belt without without any kind of fights. Um, we have uh, Cole Radrick versus Sage Phillips in a dog collar match, which you don't see a lot of these days. No, you really don't. Uh, no, those two used to be tag team champions here at New Wave Pro under the name Hysteria. And they have had quite the falling out at New Wave. And this has been simmering for 12 months. It's been going back and forth. Again, you know, an emphasis on continuity and storyline and keeping people engaged. And now it culminates. Someone has to win. Someone has to lose. And that's, that's the law to me. Um, and they're going to be chained together by, by the neck. Um, it's going to be messy. It's going to be bloody. It's going to be pretty violent. So if that's your thing... And I know a lot of people love Cole and a lot of people love Sage. They're two of two of the best talents in the Midwest by a, by a long shot. You watch them work in ring and you can only ever be in awe with how fluid and, and, and uh, impressive they are. Uh, we have uh, Gary J. Speaking of impressive, we have Gary J. defending his Crossroads Championship that he won from Miles in July against Freddie Hudson. Um, there's been an unsigned and don't care versus shooters don't die. Uh, feud simmering for a few months now uh, at the main event of the last show in September. Um, it was Freddie who got the pin over Gary in the tag match between the two. Um, so now, you know, they're going to settle their differences with the championship on the line. Both of them are both of them hit really hard. You know, I've spent a lot of time watching these guys at ringside and, and at shows with them. And this is going to be a match, you know, if you're into whack, whack, whack suplex, then just sheer power then great you're in. Uh, we have Eric Dillinger, who's another man of the moment as well. Um, he is growing increasingly popular and versus Nate Matthews in a street fight. You know, you can tell on this show, like everything's got a lot more violence all of a sudden. Um, we're bringing a lot of storylines and, 
and feuds to a close here. This is this is the end of an epoch with New Wave, and we're moving on from here with a lot of different things planned. We already have the next four to five months sketched out. Um, Eric and Nate, you know, tell us all the time, former friends. They had at September what many people were calling one of the best matches of the year in all of indie wrestling um, at Off the Grid. I would urge you to check it out on IWTV. Um, and if you're lucky, we may well put it up on YouTube for free before um, uh, before November rain. Um, but this is going to be something different, a street fight. Um, we had a higher ground show on Friday, last Friday, the 12th of November, and it ended with a mass brawl. The whole locker room was out. Nate Matthews was bleeding from the face. Uh, his eye was gashed open really bad, beating each other with crutches and bats and rails. Like, they're going to kill each other, man. It's uh, it's going to be something special. Um, nearly there. Uh, we've got Beef debuting as well for New Wave Pro, um, the newest MLW signing. He's taken on... Gorgeous Morgan Taylor out of Columbus, Ohio. Uh, Morgan Taylor is a, is a developing talent. He is a, he's a really good guy. He's a great worker. And someone like Beef, uh, he, and, he and Morgan are perfectly matched. They're both powerhouses. Um, so this is going to be another case of a, a, a good old brawl. Um, we have Mad Dog Connolly, um, who is our current higher ground champion, taking on Jay Marston, who is our ultra rapid champion in a title versus title match, winner takes all. Um, Connolly is one of the rising stars, and I'm glad he's with us um, doing this show. And he, he and I'm glad we have a good relationship with him because I really feel 2022 is going to be a stratospheric year for him. And last but by no means least, we have uh, Von Englands defending their New Wave Pro Tag Team Championships uh, against Nick King and Orion Creed, both out of St. Louis, Missouri. Um, Nick, Nick and Orion are fantastic wrestlers. Really have to be seen, seen to be believed. They're very understated in what they do, but they are masters of their craft. And the Von Englands um, have definitely met their match in this. And the Von Englands have already done a great job for New Wave Pro. They only debuted in June, um, but they are already... Again, much like I said about Aaron, become part of the furniture, and we're really, really happy to have them with us. And the final, final point I just want to make is, for all of that, tickets are ten dollars. If if it wasn't a approximately eleven hour drive, I would absolutely be there for that. That card sounds amazing. Um, you have friends of the stack, um, Mr. Freddie Hudson. I call him the cicada. Please call him the cicada. Um, no, because I'm not, I'm not going to get on this bad side. Okay. Because he likes to call me Val Waffles. And, <laughs> and so that's why I call him the cicada. And if you call him a cicada, he'll know it's because I told you to call him a cicada, which will be I'll, fine. Okay, I'll pass the message on, but I will say it's from you. I will not. Absolutely. Okay, that's fine. Absolutely. I just want everyone to start calling him the cicada. I want it to be like the thing now. So just because he likes to call me Val Waffles and now other people have started calling me Val Waffles and I just don't subscribe to that. So any chance I get to cicada him, I absolutely will. Um, yeah, that, um, all of that, all of what I've just said, you know, we've got, w, we've got former WWE guys, we've got current MLW, we've got frankly some of the biggest current and rising stars in Midwest independent wrestling. And on Thanksgiving weekend, when you've had enough of your family, You've had enough food. 
come to New Wave Pro in Terre Haute, Indiana. We start, doors open at 5.30 and it's just $10. Um, we have really put out all the stops um, and it's, it's the culmination in some parts of 18 months worth of work. So please justify my existence. No. Um, no, I, Validate I me. Yeah, from, I'm, I'm not just saying this just because I, I, wanna, I wanna see people there, but I, I want people to, to really see some good wrestling because there was not one bad match. There was not one piss break. There was, not, there was nothing that slows the tempo down. Uh, it's gonna be such a good night. Um, and we are so confident that we are gonna deliver on what we promise. Um, we have absolutely no, no doubt in, that, in our minds. And I want people to, to share in it and have that experience and come away and go, fuck that was a good show that 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 gave everything it wanted you know um and i yeah i just couldn't be more more clear please come to the show and enjoy it and then just let let new wave do all do all the work for you so um and you also mentioned about england's have a match i've i had eden on the show probably about a month ago and they were fantastic um that's one of the things that i like about new wave pro is that um you see a lot of representation as far as men, women, non-binary, um, you know, different minorities. That's probably the worst, but you understand we need different, just different people of different places, um, but all kind of Midwest based and you give everyone a shot equally. There's not, you know, people on the outskirts or, or what have you. And I love, I love the work that, that you guys do. Um, I know, unfortunately, you know, I live here, but um, I, New Way Pro is one of the companies that when it hits IWTV, I make a point to watch those shows. And I can't say that about everything that gets put on IWTV. Frankly, I don't have enough hours in my life. But um, I do make a point to check out the New Wave Pro stuff because it's always good I like the stories that you put out, like you were saying. Um, I like the matches. I like the people that you book. And I, just, you can just tell when you watch it, even me watching it, you know, a week or two later on IWTV, like I can see the work and thought and effort and just love and care that you put into that show and that everyone puts into it. Yeah, that, that genuinely means a lot to me. Thank you. Um... It's, yeah, it's not just me that, that works their asses off. Um, everybody puts in a good shift from, uh, you know, sound, commentary. Uh, our commentary team is absolutely exemplary. Um, there is nobody like um, Mike Kirkham and Robert Black on the indie scene. Um, our production is, is, is stellar. And like I say, you, you are right to identify um, the amount of work that goes in. And uh, it, no, it, it, it does mean a lot to hear somebody say that. And uh, it's, it's nice to know that we're top of the, your viewing docket when it hits IWTV, because sometimes I wonder who the fuck is watching this stuff. <laughs> um, it's, it's a labor of love for a lot of people. Um, I, I don't make any money from this. Um, I, I, I truly don't, there's no wage, there's no salary, there's no take, uh, anything we do make, I, I I wave and I say, let's let's just put it back into the next show. <laughs> I don't. Um, there's no amount of money that can really ultimately cover the work that I personally put in. It would be, it would be too much. I don't know. <laughs> um, I just want, I just want to succeed and make and make good wrestling television and make a good live show 
and work with people who not necessarily deserve it, but will work hard to achieve such things. It, it essentially is a very, like to really just to boil it down to the simplest terms, it's a very expensive hobby <laughs> because you put so much time and effort and care into doing your show every, I know you do like, do you, and I apologize, um, do you do a show every, every month, every two weeks-ish? So I feel like they're like, I feel like you guys have like some bigger shows and then like some, like maybe smaller shows. I don't know. Yeah, the, to put it, but. Ground is kind of like the higher ground is kind of like the, the, the uh, and we don't do it often enough, although um, that we have plans for that in 2022, but um, high ground is like our kind of promotional tool for the big, um, the big armory shows that we do in Terre Haute. High ground is filmed. Um, in our training facility, we have a we have a full um, I say full training facility. We have a building with a ring permanently set up uh, and seating. <laughs> um, it's not exactly the the WWE PC, but it, it a lot of people go there to to train, and we do these shows that we record. So our schedule has been up and down this year. I wish we could. I wish we could do like uh like what beyond do you know i wish we were that regular because i'd love that um but hopefully like i say next year we're, we've got plans we're, we're working on a lot of things um concurrently in parallel to to busting all our asses for november rain as well <laughs> well it's funny you would mention the future of new way pro because that's my next question. What's the like? What's the future look like after November rain for for New Wave? Um, January twenty second, we have anniversary, which is the company's tenth anniversary show. Um, we have, uh, unfortunately, I wish I could, um, but we're not. I'm not at liberty to divulge specific names right now. But we have, as well as our. Uh, uh, some of our really regular great guys uh, and girls. We have a former WWE star coming in. We have a former ROH star coming in, and we have a current AEW star coming in as well. Um, and that's very, very exciting. Um, so it's after, um, after November rain, we're going to start hitting that hard and, and saying here's who's coming look out because we've got we've got some we've got three really blockbuster matches um i mean we've got the whole card laid out we know what we're doing but there's three matches in particular that will really make people raise an eyebrow and and, and realize what we're doing is, is good work and it, it, it all follows on i know i talked about a lot of storylines and, and ideas culminating in november rain but it's like it's like a season finale, if you will. You know, uh, it will end on it will end, and the next series will pick up with a lot of the same people, but just in a, in, in a ten, tangential direction, and that's what we're aiming for. Um, after that, with anniversary, we have um, we have a show in Paris, Illinois, on March twenty sixth, um, which is our favorite, very first out of state date. Um, so we're looking to expand a little and try new things and place new audiences. Um, I would expect big things for that show. We're, we're in talks with some people because we want to push the boat out because we've got to, we've got to attract a new audience almost. Um, 
we have uh, an April date, we have May dates. And like I said, with the higher ground thing, there are some plans in the works to have the higher ground series be a lot more regular and facilitate the, the bigger um, pay-per-view shows <laughs> to use. <laughs> What's pay-per-view, says a 20-year-old? Um, <laughs> I pay to yeah. view everything. I don't know what you're yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or, or don't pay, whatever. Um, <laughs> that too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the that's that's we have a lot of ambitions um you know as you can tell there's a lot going on a lot's up in the air at the moment in a good way and um, we have a lot of options available to us and i'm really really looking forward to 2022 because based on what we have so far it's going to be a really really good year um and we even we've even planned into june july august um spent like i said we spend a lot of time <laughs> <laughs> it's like um, wow you got yourself booked up for the next almost a year yeah well that's i mean part of it is um particularly with a lot of the guys we use um they are they're in demand and sometimes you really have to go hey man what are you doing on what are you doing in the middle of september <laughs> what happened you know um I mean, never normally that severe, but sometimes you do have to reach forward a few months and say, hey, listen, have you got anything going on five or six months from now? Because we're kind of going to need you, um, which a lot of people hate. Um, but that's just the way we try and do business. We try and lock people down really early. Well, I know that you said too, and I've noticed as well that you focus a lot on long-term storytelling. And with, um, you know, AEW kind of, snatching up people left and right and for a while um WWE is kind of doing that too you know i know that as far as i guess at least most indies aren't going to be like well you told us you were going to be here so you're gonna have to tell aew no like that's not gonna happen so like as far as making sure that you have talent booked up because you never know where they could be five six months from now yeah, and I'd like to take this opportunity to thank Tony Khan for really inflating the, the market in, in the US. <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks, Tony. Thanks, mate. <laughs> uh, no, I'm joking. Um, there is that. I mean, obviously, AEW has really, um, I don't know if revolutionizes the word, but it's really changed all of a sudden um, people's approach because you know, you could have a person booked and then all of a sudden they're going to call up to go on AEW. They're on dark, they're on dark elevation. They may even be on dynamite. There doesn't seem to be that many uh, borders or, or boundaries at the moment between what you can and can't do at that company, which is, which is good creatively and artistically. Um, and suddenly a, an independent promotion may have a potential star on the hands and it's also good for marketing purposes because all of a sudden you may be able to turn around and go as seen on aew dark elevation um so it there's um it's perhaps one of the first instances of trickle down economics that could actually work finally the ronald reagan economic dream comes true through pro wrestling no. <laughs> only took 40 years yeah, only took 40 years. Who knows what the next 40 will bring? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, as far as 
New Wave Pro and the work that you do with AWR. And I don't know if Flophouse is still running or not. Um, I, I believe it's just on a hiatus. Um, everyone um, just started doing different things. Um, Flophouse was one of those, um, you know, San Francisco 1969 kind of happening things. It's like, it was a great, you know, you were there for a great moment in time. And some of those shows, some of those private stash shows we did, you saw some really good combinations and some some really like cool matches, man. Um, you know, I got I got to work with Super Crazy in in, uh, in one of those shows, in a no show, in, in, in someone's like outhouse where a ring was set up. And, you know, that, that was cool. Um, got to work, I saw some insane matches with Mickey Knuckles. Um, you know, that's where I really first got to know her. I've worked with her so much in 2021. Um, I, I can't even begin to say across like, you know, three or so different companies now. Um, so I got to see some mad matches between her and Dale Patrick's and her and anyone else she wrestles with is a, is a crazy match um, because she is fearless. She's excellent, Nikki. Really love her. Um, I don't know what the current status is. I'm sure when there's the, when the, when the time is right, when the opportunity is right, that um, that it will be brought back and, and there will be people who would be more than happy to step up and be involved. But certainly those shows from the turn of the year, that December or that maybe like November through to March run was, was great. Um, it was like being on a little traveling caravan of freaks uh, in a good way. Obviously. Um, I will say about Flophouse that we actually recorded um, Christmas special and another show, uh, weekend at Swartz's, I think it was, yeah, at uh, at the New Wave Pro Arena, the the so-called training facility. Um, and to date, um, I may break that record this year. Who knows? But they are the coldest wrestling shows I've ever partaken in um, because it's not a very well insulated building. Um, it was the it was just the coldest, some of the coldest days I've had in my entire life, genuinely. Um, um, but people stepped up and did it. Um, so what can you say? Well, and the area that you're in is just perfect. There's so much. It seems like there's just like, just a, a ton. And I don't know if it's always been there or I feel like it really came to prominence like during the almost the worst part of the pandemic of you know like indiana and illinois and ohio and kentucky like i feel like so many just great companies have really come up out of that area and great wrestlers have come up out of that area it's just a, a cornucopia of talent and is there somebody and i don't you don't have to name names necessarily but are there people that you're looking to work with that you haven't worked with yet as far as like for a new way pro um, to bring in next year that are like from that area? Oh, a ton. Um, all of whom I'm, I'm currently talking with now. So I'd hate to, um, I'd hate to let the cat out of the bag, but no spoilers. You know, yeah, yeah, no, sorry. I hate to feel like I'm deflecting, but uh, no, okay. it's just, it just so happens that my, my wish list is currently my, my inbox to an, to a certain extent. Um, That's a good problem but, to have. 
Ex exactly. Um, further to your point, though, you, you make a good point. Sorry, I'm just wielding a knife here. Um, you really <laughs> did get into death matches. <laughs> yeah. um, no, um, certainly during the, the, the worst parts of the pandemic, as you put it, um, places like Indiana or a place like Indiana became the, the sort of uh, the hotbed of, of independent wrestling. And to that, I say, you know, thank God for an unregulated plutocratic state government. Um, <laughs> it, was a, it was a great benefit uh, in some ways, because uh, obviously the collective came over. That wouldn't have happened in any other state in October 2020, except for Indiana. Um, and but uh, outside of the outside of those restrictions, uh, Indiana, I feel, has this kind of like you know, like an almost dark tower presence upon uh, independent wrestling. And it's like you, it might not be the final destination, but if you're there, you get access to great stuff. And you're also, you know, at the, uh, you know, crossroads of America, to, to coin the cliche, but you can, you've got, you, you're open to so many other uh, areas. You've got Ohio, Illinois, Michigan, Kentucky, further down, you can go to Tennessee and stuff. And, um, you know, it acts as a good gateway to other places, and um, that's that's what I'm hoping to take advantage of in 2022. I really hope to be more mobile and go to other states. I'd really like to go south, um, go to some of the southern states and and, and work there, and um, maybe get a bit of sun on my skin. Uh, I did just happen to glance at chat while we were talking, and I do see Jay in the chat. Um, she is asking if you are hydrated. From Miles. I hello Miles. Um, you should be preparing for that championship match, my friend. Not uh, not hassling me on Twitch. Uh, <laughs> I am very hydrated, thank you. I am I am like a sponge right now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm glad that you're hydrated. I pronounce that chat again. Um, Jade also asked, when are we seeing the full Shooters Don't Die faction in New Wave Pro? Um, once I can find four other people who are tough enough to step up, that's a, that's a, that's a hardy faction right there. It's uh, Miles, it's uh, the Cicada, Freddie Hudson, uh, <laughs> it's uh, Cameron Hell Samuel. Yeah. It's Ron Bass Jr. You know, that's a that's a, a mix of people offering different strengths and styles um, that all complement each other. So um, if there's you know um, if there's another four people who uh, who who are interested or willing, then um, I don't know. My inbox is always open. Though I don't reply to everyone, but my my inbox is open. So um, I also got to see another message from Jay here. I am preparing, harassing you as part of my training from Miles. Good, then, uh, you know, I, I guess that I guess that fits. I've known Miles since um, since the very first day I, I started in wrestling here in the States. And he and I have been through, uh, you know, a, a parallel and shared journey together. Um, you know, for example, I mean, this Saturday will be my three year anniversary of actually moving to the States. Um, so a lot has changed in life in a short time and, and Miles, you know, I've known Miles for about two and a half years of that. So if you didn't harass me, it would feel wrong. 
Aw, that's cute. So you kind of touched on this, and really, this is a question that I had just because I'm, like, super curious. How, so you moved here, you said you moved here about three years ago. How did you get into independent wrestling here? Um, it was a combination of factors. I um, had moved here in, in November 2018, and because of, I moved on a marriage visa, um, I got married to uh, a, a woman from Indiana. And, uh, and we've gone back and forth. It's that's pretty much the story. Um, I keep on wanting to come up with a fake, fake like origin story, but I, the truth's fine enough. Obviously, it's. it's uh, I mean, it's the nice. truth is adorable. Yeah, no, it is. It is. Um, awesome. And because of the because of the terms and conditions in which I moved to this country, I had to wait to get my green card. Um, and for the first six months, I was really bored because I couldn't do anything couldn't go anywhere, couldn't get a driving license, couldn't get a job, didn't know anyone, didn't have any friends, nothing like that, uh, which is still true now. Uh, so it just so happened that um, where I lived at the time, um, not far out of downtown Indianapolis, uh, was a training school and a wrestling company. And here's, here's the irony, it was within walking distance, which is the thing I'd struggled with in this country when I first moved, is that um, if you want to walk somewhere, Go fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> Especially in the Midwest. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, particularly in the Midwest. I was literally about to say that, yeah. Um, and it just, um, things seem to fit straight away. Um, I'm not so, I'm not so uh, silly to define it as, as fate or anything, but the, the cards really fell in my favor on this one. And the, the, the story and the journey has been really quick. I began ring announcing very soon thereafter, because obviously, as we determined at the start of this podcast, I um, I stand out by country mile, um, and it always benefited me. And it's it's gone from strength to strength very very quickly. But the story of how I got into it was was pretty much that I, I turned up to the training school because I, I wanted something to do. I'd been a lifelong wrestling fan. Don't get me wrong. I, I, this wasn't just like a eeny, meeny, miny, mo. what shall I do while I'm waiting for my green card situation? It was, oh, right, wrestling school. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, that would be interesting to see how I fare. And I, I just tumbled further and further down the rabbit hole ever since. So did you train to wrestle then? Like, can you wrestle too? Or were you, or were you like shortly like me? <laughs> I, I I could wrestle uh, in the same way that I could do the hundred meter sprint. I would get there in the end, um, but it may not be pretty. Uh, I I wrestled uh, seven or eight matches uh, as as uh, named Lord Britannia. Um, very much uh, a gimmick like uh, the Blue Bloods from WCW, early to mid nineties. Dave Taylor and William Regal or Stephen Regal but that didn't last very long I, I injured myself pretty badly in the ring during a match and I haven't wrestled since so. so my next question is can we find your matches are they uh, on IWTV or YouTube or <laughs> no god they're not IWTV no no I was a I was a, a 40 mile high school wrestler I you. <laughs> <laughs> the furthest I ever went with my wrestling abilities was, was Greensburg, Indiana, um, for a reason. I I do have I have my debut match, which wasn't a match as such. It was a July the fourth, 
events and I came out, I used to wear uh, Union Jack tights and I'd have the flag and all this. And I came out and I, I cut a promo saying, you know, uh, just uh, just uh, ragging on America and saying, oh, this is your Independence Day. This is the worst day in British history ever, blah, blah, blah. And then a guy comes out to Born in the USA and squashes me in about 15 seconds. The promo was about 10 times longer than the match. He just hits me in the corner, snap there, hits a couple of big splashes, one, two, three, and then drapes me with the American flag. No, he tries to put it in my mouth, which I wasn't expecting. I remember that. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> um are we shooting <laughs> sure um so yeah that was that was my debut and i just did i just did some matches uh on on like fairground shows and high school shows but i wasn't anything to write home about I promise you that doesn't stop me from wanting to see them though i i don't know why you would think that that would prevent me from wanting to watch them I will, I will, I will, I will endeavour to dig them out because I believe I, I'll be able to find three of them. Um, Hell yeah! I want to see don't it. Judge me. I'm sorry. Don't what? Judge me. <laughs> would I do that? No, I wouldn't. Um, but I do want to see it just because I'm curious, and I like watching okay. wrestling. My the the last thing that ever happened to me uh, in a wrestling match. Well, the injury I got was a broken wrist, um, I, I botched the move. It was my own fault. Uh, I, I messed it up uh, and I broke my wrist and I rolled out the ring. It was a triple threat match. It was my first main event as well, man, which, which really hurt. Um, they must have been hurting for people, I tell you. Um, and Maybe you're just the, better than you think you are. Well, I, roll, I rolled out the ring and my, my hand, is, my wrist is like a windsock, you know, it's doing that. It was disgusting. Disgusting. Oh, it and I remember this because it's my now abiding memory of being an wrestler was as I'm cradling myself and like, I think going into shock because I've got like a low pain threshold. So it was never going to work out for me anyway. And someone in the crowd uh, in Paragon, Indiana, so I'm just going to name and shame the town here, said to me, hey, why don't you fuck off back to England and learn how to wrestle then? I was like, <laughs> and that's it. That's that's my that's the last thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> um, and that's that's the thing that sticks with me the most. So thanks, thanks, random fair fairground attendee and paragon Indiana. Changed my I life. Hope, <laughs> I hope that person comes to New Wave Pro. I truly do. If <laughs> he breaks his wrist. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna find him you're gonna break that wrist right for him <laughs> you think i forgot no 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 <laughs> yeah that's long-term storytelling it's gonna be me versus him at the rain <laughs> surprise man yeah um, so oh continue no no sorry go on, go on. oh no i'm just gonna ask you a bunch of random questions now so i'm at i'm at the random question portion of my of my time with you <laughs> where i ask you random questions like um you go to shows you do lots of different things what do you listen to on your drive who's usually in your wrestle car and what are your road snacks good questions uh listening i listen to um uh, the jeff jarrett my world podcast which i enjoy um except i i don't know i get a kick Jeff Jarrett loves repeating himself. Um, 
he always goes quote unquote uh, every like five seconds, which I find fascinating. He also he also has this way of like comrades will say something even like one percent challenging, and he'll go ha ha, all right there, Connie. <laughs> it's just I don't know. He's got, these, he's got these verbal tics which I just love and keeps me keeps me satisfied. But it's all, the podcast is really interesting because I'm I'm such a huge fan of. His particular style of wrestling, uh, his history with WCW, because I'm a big WCW guy. Um, I'm a WCW girl. Yeah. Oh, I love it. It's it's probably, if pressed, my my favorite promotion. Um, but the Jarrett, you know, the Jarrett legacy um, is is big in wrestling, and I, I just like listening to someone who's experienced recount stories. Although, you know, like a lot of these wrestling podcasts, there's a lot of selective memory and a lot of like, well, I don't remember exactly what happened. Sure. All right, mate. Yeah. Okay. Um, Are you calling I listened... out Jeff Garrett? Yeah. <laughs> if he wants to come to New Wave, please. Um, I listened to a podcast called Football Clichés, which is as in soccer, um, real football. Uh, and uh, that's just like a sort of British like comedy thing, talking a lot about, about European soccer and, and stuff like that. I listen music-wise. I... I got quite a broad taste i I'm, I'm always trying to find something new that doesn't necessarily mean released recently but stuff i haven't listened to you know if i haven't heard it's, it's new to me but my favorites are groups like um you know the fall from uh, from manchester england are my favorites um tom waits metallica guns and roses captain Beefheart, frank zappa i got all kinds of stuff um I love a bit of everything. I know that's kind of like a, a trite answer, but it's it's true. I do. I've, I've got a lot of playlists that I cycle through. Um, what was the second? Oh, who's what in are your? Car? Yeah, who's yeah, who's in your car with you? Um, <laughs> God, and no one generally. Um, I like riding on my own. I, I like I like listening to things really loudly. Um, I like putting a lot, and I'm gonna, God, I'm gonna give give away the work here. But I like putting on music really loudly and singing along really loudly as well, um, and drumming on the steering wheel and all this. I'm one of those people. Um, I I ride. I have ridden on enough occasions though with um, Nate Matthews, um, who's who's been a close friend of mine since day one. Um, Eric Dillinger, I've ridden with a few times, but. Just because of the nature of what I do for the most part in wrestling, that is to say, I'm an announcer. Announcers don't turn up to shows and invited as part of a carload, and they're like, hey, hey, can I announce a match for you, please, baby? Um, whereas, you know, if a carload of wrestlers go, there's a chance, there's more chance than anything they'll get they'll get booked or thrown into something. But with me, I kind of have to know where I'm going and where I'm gonna be. So by and large. Um, it, it is me on my own. And that's also because a lot of people, a lot of people I know and familiar with, a lot of them just don't live in Indianapolis. And um, if they think I'm going to drive to theirs to pick them up, they can go fuck themselves. Yeah, there's there's not really like an announcing version of a scramble match. So, <laughs> although, although now you mentioned it, that would be something, you know, uh, maybe you'd need like a clapometer or something. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be done. You couldn't do pinfalls. You'd be like, whoever does the best announcements. I don't know, but um, 
it's I I honestly I did try it back in the day when I was when I first sort of went freelance from my from my starter promotion and I um I would turn up and I'd be like hey listen if it's just your brother-in-law doing announcing you should let a proper guy do it uh, which is a is a tactic with that yields surprisingly low results uh, nothing like insulting the promoter's family to get in their good books I find. Uh, well, I mean, if it warrants it. No, I, I'm kidding. It never came to anything like that. But but the point still stands. It, it is difficult for for a man in my position. I have to, I have to be booked. Really, I I'll go along to shows um, and hang out. And if there's if there's stuff that needs doing, uh, or an opportunity comes up, fine. But I, I get I, I'm booked on enough shows already that I don't need to just turn up a lot of these things if i go to a show when i'm not booked it's it's tends to be strictly as a fan and i just want to enjoy it and and, and kick back enjoy a show and not work it what yeah i'm, I'm about <laughs> to say i'm not actually sure when that last was at independent level um when i when i last went and enjoyed it <laughs> uh no I, I can't remember what the last time i the last show i went to as a fan at independent level Oh, well, hopefully maybe you'll get to enjoy a show just strictly as a fan um, in 2022. <laughs> I'm, honestly, I'm, I'm all methodology. I, I, I find it difficult to do these things as a fan because, and I don't mean this in a judgmental way, but I'll just be there going, God, I want to be on there. God, I want to be doing this. Like, I, I, I just, just said this I this really way. Yeah, I well, it's that way, yeah, I have, I genuinely have such a compulsion to perform and to su succeed and do well for me and others and, and the audience and the people who, who work alongside me that I just can't get enough of it. I, I've said to enough people, I'm addicted to the game. Um, that really, it, I could be so tired. I could be absolutely like zombified. And as soon as, as soon as the music hits or I go through the curtain, Bam, I feel like such a different person. Um, it's it's a wonderful feeling and, and seeing other people enjoy that when I when I can't. Yeah, it makes me a bit jealous, I'll admit that. So then what are your go-to road snacks? Like um, where you where are you stopping and what do you get? I've recently um, grown quite attached to Circle K as a as a brand. Um, I am available for sponsorship, Mr. Mr. Circle, or is it Mr. K? Who knows? Uh, their coffee is like the best one of all the gas station chains. So that's one of my first ports of call. And they also do great pizza at Circle K. I know, I know there's a lot of talk about, about uh, wrestlers who travel, about Casey's. I know that's like, yeah, look, I, I knew, you knew what I was going to say. I know it. Well, uh, I live in Nebraska and we're Casey's town, Casey's state. So uh, I'm a Casey's it. pizza gal. So... <laughs> I still haven't had it yet. I haven't had Casey's pizza, but I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry, sorry. I will tomorrow, all right. Um, but I know that that that's regarded as number one. But I really like to, in in you know, in regards to maybe potentially getting sponsorship from this this fine reputable brand, that their pizza is excellent, and they they have a lot of good own brand stuff. And normally, just depending on how I feel, I'll. I find chocolate doesn't really work on the road, just for whatever reason. Not a, not a chocolatey person on the road. I like um, pork rinds. 
Um, we call them pork scratchings back home. No one does here. When I said it first time, people are like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> what do you do to them? You do what with them? But yeah, pork, pork rinds slash pork scratchings are my go-to ones. Although very, I find it frustrating because I, I sometimes I find it difficult to find the standard flavor. They're all like Louisiana hot flavor. It's like, ah, come on, look, I'm pretty boring when it comes to like food stuff. So like, just give me the normal one. That's okay. Um, I don't think there's anything else. Something like fruity and gummy, like gummy worms is also a really good choice. You know, I ask this question a lot because I'm like a Snackosaurus Rex and I hear pork rinds and gummy worms like all the time. <laughs> like those are like probably two of like the most like that and then like energy drinks. I'm not an energy drink person at all. I find them abhorrent. Um, uh, intake and people are free to do what they want. Um, and we all have our own vices, of course. But energy drinks, the taste does not work for me in any way, shape, or form. And then I'll go to a show and I'll see some guy who's like my age and he's drinking like a raspberry, cotton candy, lemon, black currant, sugar energy drink. I'm like, are you okay? Are you doing well? What's happening here? Talk to me. I can help you. Why are you drinking this shit? <laughs> uh, you look at it like a cry for help. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I'd rather you smoke crack in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> and they're always called things like, you know, bastard energy drink or, you know, motherfucker in a can. <laughs> wow, is this happening? You wrestle like this? You live like this? I don't know how people do it. Absolutely fair play to them for putting up with that. Um, I, I, I reason that there is it addictive as hell. And anything with that much sugar in can't be awesome. I just stick to good old harmless beer. I'm sorry, are you drinking a hams? Yeah. What decade are you in? Well, this stuff was I. Hams was created, was first established during, in the middle of the American Civil War, which just strikes me as odd because I the, the country's getting <laughs> torn apart and someone's gone, it's time to create a new beer. Like, this war's really getting to me, man. Like, I'm going to make a whole new beer. Um, no, Hams is great. I am an advocate of a very cheap beer. Anyone will tell me. Um, my, my wedding reception slash ceremony, um, the the catering amounted to some food and two large cases of hams. <laughs> <laughs> I love the stuff. Um, Whatever see, makes you happy. It, it does make me happy as well. Um, Three forty nine for a six pack, man. You tell me, tell me what's wrong with that. Actually, don't tell me what's wrong with that. <laughs> I, don't I wasn't going to. I'm not a drinker, to be honest with you. Um, but my parents owned a bar for 15 years and there was always a very, it was always like the super old guys that, that wanted to drink the hams. Oh, really? I, yeah. Uh, so it was like the old timey farmers. <laughs> I'm, um, I guess I'm just an old Midwestern farmer at heart. You know, I guess that's what it, I guess that's what it really comes down. Call me, you know, uh, Eugene or Ezekiel or something like <laughs> Jeremiah, something like that. <laughs> so 
what is the most surprising song on your playlist? You said you like to sing along. Like, what is your like your sing along jam? Oh, man. No, I'm at the, you're at the risk of exposing me, Valerie. I can't have this. Um, I like to ask um, the hard hitting questions. Yeah, I know. This is a hard hitting question. This is my Frost Nixon right now. <laughs> um, oh, man, there's so many that I love. I, I, I'll, tell, I'll tell you one. Um, I, and this, this is showing my age, but uh, Jagged Little Pill remains one of my favorite records. And the opening song is called All I Really Want. And every time you just hear that, uh, you hear like the opening guitar chord, just distorted but quite soft, and then there's like this blow into a harmonica. And like every time I hear that, I just go fucking yes, <laughs> you know. Like I'm elated when that song comes on. Um, and I, Alanis Morissette, I I always thought even you know I would have been nine or ten when that record came out. That was 1995, and. I've always admired someone like her for for not backing down, for, for having really strong um, verbal discourse and not being afraid to to try things. And she stood out in that age when, when that album first came out, you know, uh, an empowered woman artist in the mainstream in 1995 was quite a rare thing. And uh, she did that very well. And, you know, the album is... Oh, sigh, it's going to be 30 years old soon. Um, and there's a reason that people still love it. And it's one, I mean, I have a feeling it's one of the, the certainly one of the biggest selling debuts of all time. Maybe not one of the biggest selling albums of all time, but it, I think in terms of debuts, it's probably up there. But I would say All I Really Want by Alanis Morissette might be one of my surprising ones. Um, I tell you what I was really bopping along to recently. <laughs> was um, Say You'll Be There by the Spice Girls. What a song. That's what my favorite act. Spice Girls song. Oh, God, God, that is like my go-to karaoke jam. Oh my God, what an absolute song. Uh, Mel B kills it on that song, man. Her back and vocals are absolutely sublime. Um, and I think I think that's probably their best song, the Spice Girls. Again, another group that I, I caught first time around, they were huge. Um, they, they, they were such a revolution. You know, 97 was, 96 and 97 was when Wannabe came out, the first single. And being that age and around really excitable girls that I went to school with and girl power was like the thing, man, you know. Um, so that's what it reminds me of those times. I'm just skipping through. I'll see if I can give you a third. Yeah, I don't know how old you think I am, but I'm 36. So I was like... I win. Like, I feel it because I caught those two things the first time around, too. And, like, as, like, a really bitchy, like, preteen, like, Alanis was, like, my girl. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as a really bitchy preteen boy, um, Alanis was my my girl also. Um, I'd say here's one more. Uh, you, In fact, now, now that I know uh, that we are of the same, pretty much the same age, uh, Ride on Time by Black Box. I don't, I feel like I would probably know that song if I heard it, I'm not but off the top of my head, um, I don't, I will look that up as soon as we get done, I will be honest with you. It was one, of, it was one of the main, they were one of the main groups during the whole, like, Italian house um, craze in the 90s. Yeah, like 90s so, dance music. Yeah, with the, with the jangly piano, that's Italian house keys, um, and they have their, they have an album called Dreamland, which is absolutely unreal i would recommend it it's um it's like if i went clubbing which i obviously don't 
Uh, you live in Indiana. Would, well, that that would be the music I would want. I would want them to play like Black Box because I'd be I'd be loving it. I'd be loving it. So yeah, they would they would be three. There's probably a lot more I could I could give you just looking through my main like miscellaneous playlist. Um, like the, the ones I I'm happy to reveal. You went full nineties on me. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So if you could have an action figure of yourself, um, and it was one of the like the speaking action figures, what would you want it to say, and what accessories would it come with? Uh, probably say, how about that, ladies and gentlemen? Um, that would be that would probably be the catchphrase because I pretty much say that after every match, just while I'm getting in the ring. How about that, ladies and gentlemen? Hey, what a great match! Here, let's hear it one more time for your winner. Um, accessories would be a microphone, a uh, can of hams, and several uh, different shirts. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, other than your phone and your shirts, what do you not leave for a wrestling trip without? Um, my cue cards. Um, a couple of shows I've done. In fact, more than a couple, people have like looked at me and gone, "Yeah, good idea, cue cards." I'm like, "Well, what? So, what, what are you expecting? What, what do you think I'm going to do?" I I don't know if they assume I'm going to memorize it or it's like a memento thing where I tattoo it on my body. But no, my my cue cards are, are vital, and I have um I have a shoebox full of. I mean, probably not every single one now, but. As many cue cards as I as I have kept possible um, in a habit of shoebox, so and they kind of uh, compartmentalised a bit. So if I need to do a show and I know there's going to be similar people on, I can just kind of go to that genre and that thing, and then just have them all written before I get there, and then just very quickly go around to people and go, "Hey, same as last time, same as last time, same as last time, same as last time," and then my job's done. I just wait. I just assume you have a file for every wrestler you've ever done ring announcing or commentary for um and just statistics and facts on them and you just keep it with you well it's got to the point yeah because a lot of those statistics and facts certainly in the last 12 to 18 months i've witnessed <laughs> so, um, a lot of these guys now I'm, i've i've memorized their um their you know intro uh, i particularly enjoy doing akira's intro Daniel Patrick's, I love doing. He's always so much fun to, to do because he gets into it and he comes right up to my face, just like Akira does. Mickey Knuckles, um, I love introing. Um, they're, the, they're my, I think they're my top three. Um, and it's a testament to how much I've worked with them recently. And uh, the Akira one is, is like a real ferocious energy. You know, he's made in the USA. And he's a goddamn motherfucking death samurai. And Akira does this jump. And then I say, Akira, as he lands. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Dale, um, I actually I actually bequeathed him the as seen on OnlyFans thing, which I've heard people like Larry Legend using now. Um, but I was I was the one who came up with that at AWR. You know, he's uh, from Indianapolis, Indiana. He's the deathmatch jackass of all the yard. As seen on OnlyFans. It's sort of caught. It's caught on in a couple of other places, which is cool. And Mickey's is the whole. She's the uh, the man from Nantucket, walking episode of Cox, Queen of Deathmatch, the Godmother of Deathmatch, Mickey Knuckles. You know, and I do this thing where when I say 
because I used to say goddess of the death match and then I used to drop to my knees and then give all the spotlight to her. It was, it was great stuff. So what is the wrestling word you use most outside of wrestling? Uh, Mark. <laughs> uh, no, uh, gimmick. Gimmick is, uh, it's, it's the fate that befalls everybody who's involved in the business is to call everything a gimmick. I've done it about 12 times today, about 12 different items. It just, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about that work. It, it sounds cool. Gimmick, gimmick, gimmick. Um, it rolls off the tongue very well. And it is, everyone loves a catch-all term. And um, you could say, I'll point at some, hey, pass, pass me the, pass me that gimmick there, will you? You know, they know what you mean. Um, but that, that's definitely, definitely by, by a long way, the word I use most. I will say when I ask this question, that is the answer I get roughly 95% of the time. <laughs> like, I knew it would be, I knew it would be. Like me, I think mine is probably popped. Like, oh, that popped me. I do that a lot. But gimmick is the one I hear most often from everyone that I ask that question to. <laughs> or the shoots. Um, you know, you talk about your job. Oh, uh, the, the shoots suck today, man. Or, yeah, I've got to go to the shoots after this show or whatever, you know. Um, I would say, but that's like a distant second or third, a, a very distant second or third. So, um, kind of winding down, we're going to do questions from the chat and um, lightning round. But um, three very important questions. One, um, I hang out in Twitter spaces. So this is a question from Twitter spaces that I ask everybody because I think it's kind of funny. Um, what is the biggest animal that you could take in a fight with just your hands and no weapons? If it was like attacking you. A rat. A rat? <laughs> the biggest. I don't yeah. know, man. Um, well, because if I say like a dog, you'd say like, what kind of dog and how Fucking, like if it was a poodle, yeah, you could boot that well over a fence. But if we're talking like a Doberman, no, it's gonna kill me. Um, I think I think I'd play a conservative and say a rat. I think Fair I enough. Could beat, I could beat up a rat. I, you can you can quote me on that. <laughs> well, Joseph, I can beat up a rat. <laughs> I can beat up a rat. I'm gonna get, that's gonna be my new shirt. So look out. I mean, I would maybe not do that for wrestling because that that word has real bad. Yeah, connotations to it. Yeah, you don't want to get that, you know, pretty heart reputation. <laughs> <laughs> mm -mm. No, no. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point, though. But um, if it came to, just, if it came to, I could beat up the animal. Yeah, I just don't want you to, to do anything to get yourself canceled. Uh, so how do you take your pancakes? You say about being cancelled, I could have given a very cancelable answer then. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, just normal with syrup. I, I don't know what you call that. I'm yeah, pretty, no, unadventurous. I'm pretty unadventurous with food. I'm just, I'm not fussy. I just like it simple. I am a picky eater. I am very basic. I absolutely understand what you're saying. Um, you know, like for me, like generally I'm going to get like a regular pancake and just have like syrup on it. But like sometimes I'll get fancy pancakes with like chocolate chips or whatever. Yeah. Okay. You know, I might, I might push the boat out and have chocolate chip ones, but I don't know. I kind of, I kind of haven't eaten pancakes in a while because you get them as like a side as part of like a bigger breakfast. And by the time you've either, if you eat them first, the rest of the breakfast is, is fucked. 
And if you eat for breakfast first, then you're like, oh man, I've got these big pancakes, you know. Um, but if just like the, the butter and the syrup, just just normal. So I am going to like set a scene for you. So you're just gonna have to like go on the journey with me. Um, the guys make fun of me for this all the time, but I don't even care because I do it every time. So you're you're hungry and you're hungry for something sweet and you go to the store and you're like, I don't know what I want. And then you're kind of wandering around and you go down the cookie aisle and you're like, you know what, brilliant. I act, actually really want cookies. And you still have like a ton of options, right? But you decide you want like America's favorite cookie, which is the Oreo. So you go to the section with all the Oreos and you eschew all of the weird flavors. Like you don't want any of that. You want your chocolate cookie with your cream center, nothing, nothing out, nothing crazy. But like you still have options, right? Because you can get like the thin, the, like the thin Oreos with like just a little bit of cream, or you can get like regular Oreos with like the regular amount of cream, or you can get like double stuffed Oreos with like twice the cream. So like, which one are you going for? I think I think you know the answer to this one already. Just just the normal basic one, yeah. Hmm. So um, double stuffed ones are like, I don't like how they look. And I also don't like the phrase double stuffed. It's not right. They shouldn't attribute that name to a biscuit or a cookie. Wait, I forgot and, you guys call them biscuits for your yeah, um, I watched yeah, it. <laughs> it just it just makes me uncomfortable to see that written on a on a confectionery packet, double stuffed. It kind of makes me uneasy, so I I I bypass it immediately. Um conversely, I would pick chips ahoy. Just just want to put that out there. So you're more of a chocolate chip kind of guy? Yes, yes. Do you like the regular chips or do you like the chewy or do you like the chunky? Um, no, just the the uh, the crunchy ones, your, your, your standard ones. I tell you what I really do like, and I got two bags of them today, um, Milano. I know that's very posh. I know they're like the... The, the, uh, the Pepperidge yeah, Farm Fancy cookies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But and in fact, here's where I'm a big fat hypocrite now because I get the the double milk chocolate Milanos, but I would, but I would bypass the double stuffed Oreos. Is it because specifically they call it double stuffed? If they called it like extra cream, would that be different? Mm. Or is that no, not good extra, either now? Extra cream sounds worse somehow. Um. um. It's um. I think if they just called it um, Oreo Plus, <laughs> I would buy it. <laughs> Double Plus Oreo. I don't know. Interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I mean, that's the unofficial incorrect answer to the question. Um, the, the unofficial correct answer is, of course, Double Stuffed Oreos. However, um, you know, I get it. If that's I'm probably not I'm, I'm not going to shame somebody for their choices for food because people would shame me. I for imagine mine. Um, not many of your guests have a quasi-sexual hang-up about the phrase "double stuffed" on a on a biscuit packet, so that's probably why this went a little off track. Um, generally, at least one thing that I ask is going to go off track, so that this is—I mean, this is fine. Um, I've not heard that from anybody else, but you know, there's a first time for everything, so. Indeed. So, um, Chuck, do you have any questions from chat? 
Oh, now you want me to do my job, Val. You don't want you don't want you didn't want to do my job. For, you wanted to do my job for me earlier, but now, now you want me to do my job. Is that what you're saying? I don't remember what you were talking about from earlier, but I always want you to do your job. It's funny how you duck my questions, Val Waffles. I don't anyway, know who that is. Yes, you do. We have a questions from chat. Uh, let's see. First one comes from Vic, our Bald Monkeys Twitch VIP, I must say. Uh, Vic wants to know, what current commentators do you enjoy listening to? Um, I would say, and I, I honestly don't mean this to be biased, uh, although it may come across as that, but I do really like um, the new wave guys, Robert Black and um, Magic Mike Kirkham. Um, he's not named after the stripper, um, but it did throw me for a loop the very first time. Uh, Robert and, and, and Mike have this great, excitable, old school um, referential vibe um, that they that they get across, and it really adds to, to the action, which is always tried to be presented as an old school kind of you know, studio-based wrestling show, certainly the high ground episodes. Excuse me. Um, in terms of people not directly associated with me, um, I tend to enjoy the ICW commentary because it, it's very, again, very excitable. Um, and there is, uh, you know, a little mix of characters. Sometimes it could be a rotating cast of people and while the action gets really haywire so does the commentary so i find it's almost like that each is trying to one up the other and so i feel they complement each other perfectly um and i think yeah i think that would be about my answer the struggles does a great job i would agree with you yeah yeah it's it's fun it's it's a lot of fun and it adds Sometimes it, it, I, it's a good counterbalance to the extreme violence that can be propagated on ICW. <laughs> um, it's, you know, when people go, oh, fuck, you know, holy fucking shit. It's, it's like, it offers that kind of human reaction that the viewer is probably having. I'm not a stickler for the commentator should remain professional or not, not swear. Sometimes, man, you just got to swear. You just got to let it all out. And... There's a time and a need. And when you watch some guy who's like six four and 300 pounds get thrown through a, a big spike table by by a guy of equal size, well, how else are you going to react? Ooh, ooh. Ooh, uh, that was oh, golly, move. Skip. Yeah, <laughs> good move. I'm too cool for school to pretend like I care about this. Um, just let it all out, man. Let it all out. Okay, next question comes from our very own Christopher. And he wants to know what word seems weird to you, like aluminum. And he adds on to this. I know that it's said differently across the pond. Yes, we say aluminium. We um, we have an extra letter. So, you know, there's a song I really like by REM called Ebo the Letter, and the chorus says aluminum. So if I sing along, I always try and go aluminium. You know, try and fit it in um just another one of my daily struggles um one word it's, it's not necessarily the word itself um, but it's the pronunciation and it's just an accent thing but i can't emulate how how americans say 
half and calf, as in like the back of your leg or a baby cow. I can't say calf uh, without sounding like I'm doing a really, really, really bad John Wayne impression out of nowhere. Calf, half. Like ha half and half. I can't say half and half in the American way because it sounds insane. I can't carry those nine letters. No half and half for you? Half and half. I sound like I'm making fun of you. You truly do. Yeah. Like, oh, look at me. I'm an American. I drink half and half. Like, I can't do it normally. And I'm, I'm amazed by how how the vocal structure is in the American throat to, to pronounce it in such a way. Um, half and half. Half and half. Um, I, I still get looks in when we go out to eat and I'll have a coffee and I'll go half and half, please. And it's just that second where they go, oh, you say it differently. <laughs> Uh, is there any more? <clears throat> uh, yes, let's see. We're going back to Vic. He saw some of the wrestling figures on the wall. Uh, which wrestling action figure is your favorite? And how many do you actually have? Um, I don't actually have that many. This is a recent collection I've started just by dipping into Walmart every so often. Um, I have uh, the Bray Wyatt Elite figure, um, which I bought because I know they're not going to make any more of them. So. Um, it's, it's a worthwhile, you know, investment. Uh, similar with Braun Strowman here. Uh, I had the Viscera Elite thing because I had the hardcore title with it, and I was like, that's really cool. Um, uh, AJ Styles, um, and then I have a Rey Mysterio from the Masters of the Universe and WWE crossover range that they did uh, X amount of time ago. Um, I've, I've got some other memorabilia like quickly show you um i have a lot of show posters for shows i've done and put on um, and i have oh. these cool uh wcw 1992 nes video game drinks coasters oh those are awesome that um, i got from etsy from a guy called coasty marshmallow um he does some really cool product by the way and he lives in indianapolis too so i'd recommend him um, my favorite figure I ever had um, is one I don't have anymore, or I, I, if it is, it's in my parents' attic back in Liverpool. I used to have a ton of the old WCW figures, the one where Sting is like this, and Lex Luger's like this. <laughs> uh, and I had, I even had like Z-Man, Tom Zenk and stuff. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know, Z-Man. Uh, he recently died, sadly, as well. I think he died in t earlier t in 2021. Um, but yeah, they were my favourites. I used to love my, my WCW figures. Um, I had a good flair one as well on the old championship belt. And I used to I used to play I used to play with them all the time. I used to play with my my wrestling figures all the time. It was my by the time it was my favourite pastime. Uh, but then I turned 30 and I had to stop. <laughs> Okay, last question from chat from Christopher once again. What do you miss most about back home? Um, I miss um, good question. Just it's just the little things I think, particular particular uh, shops and stuff. We have um, we have like a series of God, this is stupid. We have a series of these bakeries uh, called Greg's, which just sell like crappy, like baked goods, like steak pasties, you know, 
sausage rolls. Yes, uh, you do. You know what a pasty is. You know what I mean when I say pasty. Yeah. Right? Okay, good. I watch Bake Off. <laughs> oh, right, of course, of course. Oh, oh, what's his name? Paul Hollywood or something? Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say Paul London. I was like, no, no, another place. Uh, Great British Bake Off with Paul London. How Dream about match. that? Dream yeah. match. Uh, <laughs> I the pith. In fact, I the pithy answer I would give you uh, living out here in the Midwest is I miss public transport. I've um, I've got the bus once in three years, and that's really strange for me. Um, having having used the bus daily for for you know eighty percent of my life now, I miss. I I don't know actually. I think you kind of put me on the spot. I'm <laughs> I'm asked what's different. I'm asked what's different a lot of the time. Um, which obviously there are myriad answers to that question. In terms of what I miss. Um, I think the the geographical closest of things, uh, the, the the walking distance elements I brought up before. Liverpool, in particular, has a really nice city centre. Where I used to live in Liverpool, uh, within a mile radius, I, I kid you not, there was like eighty pubs, um, and that forms a large part of of British social life for a certain type of person. And you know, a lot a, a lot goes on. Hey, you want to go down the pub? Hey, we've just done this. Want to go to the pub? You know, hey, let's let's go to the pub before we go and do this thing. <laughs> um, and that's that's very much a cultural thing. I um, I miss being surrounded by sports. I actually know the rules to as well. That's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I try. I try watching NFL, and I I just. I haven't got the I haven't got the time to learn it. Um, basketball, I just don't particularly find exciting. I, it's just it's just a personal preference. I still watch Liverpool. They're my they're my team back home. I still go. There's a there's a pub here in in downtown India called the Chatham Tap, which shows all the English and European soccer games. So it's it's great. And uh, what was a uh, baseball? In fact, baseball I've really grown to love over here. Um, the Indianapolis Indians, I've seen them a, a lot before, and I really, I really enjoy the. Hey, there's a sport happening, but in a way, it doesn't really matter what happens <laughs> because we play them eight times in a row anyway, and we seem to play three hundred times a season. So, what does this <laughs> game matter? Just drink a beer and shut the hell up. And here's a guy in a giant monkey costume singing "Take Me to the Ball Game." What a sport! Sport of kings. <laughs> so, oh. Yeah, that's uh, that's my answer, which again went off on a bit of a tangent. But I, uh, I'll get back to you. I'm not sure what I missed the most now. Interesting. Okay, I, I have one more question, and this is for Val. Uh, Val, this is from uh, Vic. Uh, he wants to know why would you ever bring up thin Oreos? In case people are monsters. <laughs> True. It's it like me, they've got a really weird hang up. They're just not brave enough to speak about it. Right. Maybe they maybe they like thin. I don't know. Couldn't be me. See that, they see those two words on that packet and they go, Oh God, I'm sweating. <laughs> <laughs> what would what would my what would my priest think about this? Hmm. Okay. So I have one more question for you, and it's 
are you ready for the worst segment of this interview, the lightning round? It's, this is the only reason I've come on the show, so yeah. Oh, thank you for that. It, it brings a tear to my eye. Christopher, can we roll the lightning round footage? First thing that comes to your mind as fast as we can get through. Okay. I think the video is just about over. Okay. Here we go. Number one, what movie title best describes your life? Apocalypse Now. What's the best way to relax after a long day? Just keep going until you pass out. Name an animal that you're afraid of. Um, a tiger? <laughs> if you could eliminate one food from the earth, what would it be? Mushrooms. What popular TV show do you refuse to watch? Um, just any of that, like, Norwegian crime stuff, whatever. You know. What's something you <laughs> what's something you hate doing? Um lightning rounds. <laughs> what's your what, what <laughs> I got tripped up there. What, uh what's your favorite smell? Um burnt matches like the when when it's gone out and the smoke's drifting off that. Yep. What commercial jingle always gets stuck in your head? Uh, it's an obscure one, a, a very local Liverpool um, taxi advert uh, for a company called Davy Live for cabs. Favorite flavor of muffin? Uh, chocolate chip, yeah. Okay, and number 10, the last one. First thing that you would do after winning the lottery? Disappear. And that's what I'm going to do. Val, back to you. <laughs> Thank you, Chuck, for the lightning round lovely answers top notch yeah animal, um, the animal threw me off because i was like well, i said i'd beat up a rat so conceivably i'm afraid of every other animal that exists so. well i mean i guess like my grandma was like afraid of mice um like some people are, like afraid of spiders like yeah I, I mean if a tiger came into my house i'd be really really frightened so that stands to reason there I, that's a perfect answer i would also be terrified of being face to face with a loose tiger so that would make sense yeah <laughs> and and on that note this has been the stack and this has been earl joseph follow him um on social media i know you have twitter do you have instagram TikTok, OnlyFans, myspace i don't know where uh, where can people follow you and keep up with you and the things that you're doing as well as what you're doing with new wave pro yeah, Twitter is the is the main place to get me for um, business. Uh, I do a lot of it's it's mainly very professional um, with the odd really lame observation about stuff. Um, Facebook, I have a standard profile that I uh, just Earl Joseph. You'll find me profile pictures me, and then I also have a, a page um, Earl Joseph colon, um, which is what a lot of people call me, the Liverpool Lip. Um, where that's a, that's more to do with my announcing commentary and then the main Elgis profile is, is like a, a summarization of everything 
Um, I don't, I've literally never used TikTok. Um, I refuse to let, you know, no, I don't know. I just never used it. It just it doesn't appeal to me. I keep seeing clips of people on TikTok on Twitter and they always say really, really stupid things. And I think I get enough of that on the other social platforms. Why make it another one? Um, OnlyFans, no. Um, not until I get back to that medium anyway. And um, Instagram, no, 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 I don't have a professional. So Twitter is at, is it at Liverpool? At, at the Liverpool, Liverpool Lip? Lip, yes. Um, I believe I just looked at Twitter before the lightning round and I, I see the, the, the Bald Monkeys team have been quoting me, um, which is um, awful. Um, uh, I can beat up a rat that is now committed to digital eternity. <laughs> um, so there you go. Uh, but no, that is, that is my Twitter, at the Liverpool Lip. Um, I also, oh, I would actually like to um, shout out my SoundCloud, um, which is soundcloud.com slash chemical underscore Billy. I make my own original music on there, um, which is which is good. I'm, I'm really ramping it up. I've got a new record out um, sometime, hopefully December, maybe January at this point. Well, we didn't even touch on that. I like to, it's, so, it's, the, it's the enigmatic part of me, the, the music. I was bit. like, um, wait a minute, you have a whole, that's going to be a whole other conversation for another day, good sir. Well, yes, I would uh, love to come back on the show at, at some point, absolutely. Uh, I've had a really good time, um, so thank you to you, Val, and the rest of the team for uh, giving me this platform. And just before we do wrap up, I just want to say New Way Pro, November Rain, 27th of November, Thanksgiving weekend, Terre Haute National Guard Armory. It's got fucking, uh, you know, Conrad, Sage Phillips, Don't Die Miles. We've got Alex Zane, Aaron Williams, Eric Dillinger. Ton of, ton of great people. It's going to be awesome, and it's only $10, so be there. If you are in a probably three-hour radius of Terra Hut, um, go to that show, represent, because um, unfortunately, I probably won't be able to be there. But um, I will definitely check it out on IWTV when it gets posted after the fact, like I do um most of the new wave pro shows so <laughs> definitely no it's it's gonna be awesome whether you watch it on tv or, or live it's gonna be really really special well thank you so much for joining me tonight um and thank you everybody in the chat um i know vic was in there i saw my mom in there uh, <laughs> my mom lurks um i think my sister was in there too <laughs> just my family um <laughs> Don't die miles. miles and Jay and it looks like Reed was in there. Um, Vic, as always, Fudge. Oh, thank Vic, you guys. That Reed? Cooper. Yes. Yes, he's the other guy who comments on my my shirt changes. I I, I didn't want to mention him by name in case whatever you know, but no, he is. Um, he's another one. I thought it was probably Reed when you mentioned it because I. I remembered, I thought it was probably read, but I wasn't quite sure either. But thank you everybody so much for joining us. Make sure to stop by next week. Same stack time, same stack place as I talk with Landon Hale. So that'll be a fun one. And once again, thank you so much, uh, Earl, for hanging out with you tonight. Thank you. And uh, see you soon, everybody. Thank you.